Welcome to my Bewitching Podcast, where I take you on a journey to initiate you into the mysteries and pleasures of all things magical and more. I'm Julie Nelson, Rich Witch, botanical perfumer, astrologer, and creator of the Fragrant Oracle. I'll discuss a myriad of topics passionately on women rising unapologetically, witchcraft, including spells, rituals, insightful astrology updates, and oracle card readings. I'll also introduce you to special guests who share their bountiful knowledge and experience in the art of witchcraft, the intuitive and healing arts, and being wildly unapologetic. Hello and welcome back to the Rich Witch podcast. This is your host, Julie Nelson. And today I have with me a very lovely lady that I have known for quite some time on social media. We haven't met in person, but I've often followed her work and she pops up often. And she's just written a book, Minding, or is it Mind Your Vibration? Mind Your Own Vibration. Be unfuckwithable. Of course, that's one of my favorite words. So I'm going to hand this over to Anne to introduce herself, give a bit of an explanation about her why or how, and then I have a few things highlighted we thought we could expand on, and I've invited Anne to read a piece from her book. So I'm handing it over to you now, Anne. Julie, thank you so much for inviting me to have this conversation with you. Um, yes, I am kind of prolific on social media, so uh, so that's how we connected. So hello, everybody. I'm Anne Alexson. Um, I am a mystic. I call myself a modern mystic and I give a voice to the power within, creating transformation at the physical, mental, emotional and spiritual levels through the vibrational frequency of the spoken and now the written word so that high frequency change makers just like you can be and lead the change that you came to see in the world. So, and as Julie mentioned, I, I've, I've recently launched or about to launch my book, Mind Your Own Vibration, Be Unfuckwithable. And it actually tells the story of my spiritual awakening, the first spiritual awakening I had, and the wisdom teachings that channeled through me in that moment of my spiritual awakening and how I've spent the last 10, 10, 11, 12, 13, about 14 years just learning them myself, um, just really embodying them and teaching them to my clients and helping them all with the end result 
of becoming what I call unfuckwithable. I love that word too, Julie. Becoming unfuckwithable. And what I specifically mean by that is being able to hold an incredibly high frequency of peace within your own self so that nobody and nothing, nobody outside of you and nothing that's going on in the world can actually take you out of that frequency of peace. So you're not going into fear around what's happening in the world or or what you're being told the 1% is doing to the rest of us or even that person at work who annoys you, even you get to the point where that is no longer a problem because you change your frequency and that's what the book's all about, changing your frequency so that you don't need people anymore to behave in certain ways to make you feel a certain thing so that you can heal whatever that thing is and step into your complete and full power. And my why around this is because we are evolving. Humanity is mm-hmm. evolving. Now, lots of people talk about ascension and these things, and for me it's all one and the same thing. Humanity is evolving and the world is changing. And there are many, many of us who I call us enlightened change makers. And we've come here to play our part in creating change in the world. And we have to become unfuckwithable so in order to do that with our full yes. power. There are so many of us. And this is my journey to go from a disempowered change maker who really wasn't having any effect on the world or even on my my own world and I've taken that journey from that to the point where now yes I'm ready to step into the world and drag all the other enlightened change makers along with me so that we can do what we came to do because there are so many of us who haven't yet got to a place where we can stand in our power and do that and say I'm an enlightened change maker I'm here to change the world and this is what I'm doing to do that. I love it. So I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a light um, worker or, sorry, whatever you just said then. I was totally listening, but now I've forgotten. Mm. That's okay. It's my own expression. I made it up and I call it an enlightened change maker. All I mean by that, yeah, all I mean by that is that you um, are here to create change in the world, so you're a change maker And the enlightened part is simply that you know who the fuck you are. Yes. So that is me. That that is definitely me. And I'm all about, like, I am fucking unapologetic. You know, I'm in my 60s. I don't give a fuck. I love it. However, I do give a fuck. It depends on what it is. And that's my favourite saying. And, of course, I've always loved what you've done. I love your energy. And, um, yeah, totally, totally. And I don't know why I thought I didn't align with Enlighten. Of course I do. I think you said like, I thought you said I heard it as light worker, which I'm not. But um, I'm definitely, and coming from a place of empowerment rather than disempowerment, because that for me is something over the decades I've also had to work through because of life challenges and what have you. Absolutely. And look, Julie, that's why I made up a term that I made up and I I use exclusively um, because I don't 
don't resonate with light worker, although people would look at me and say, you are a light worker because of the work that I do. I don't resonate with uh, necessarily the labels that you have around the people that you work with. But at the same time, I do. But but it's not something that I want to say. I'm not, I'm not going to say to, I'm not going to ever say to anyone, I'm a witch or yes. anything like that. I of just course. don't align a lot of the labels but the fact of the matter is that if you've come to create change in the world through whatever the heck innate abilities you have whether that's as a witch or as a light worker or as a psychic or a medium or whatever it is if you know that you have change to make in the world and I know you do <laughs> that's that's who I'm trying to um to uh, that's why you need to make up words right because otherwise people will separate themselves by labels and we're all you know there are groups of people uh, certainly on social media that you know where are the this many light workers and everyone else is excluded and that's just playing into the game that's already being played we're all connected we're all one in my personal opinion. It's um, And I hear what you're saying about labels because I don't like labels, but the funny thing is I don't think calling myself a witch is a label. Isn't that interesting? And, and I've had people say that to me before and, and I've thought I have never thought that it's a label to me personally and um, it's a lifestyle and I love the word, I guess, too. I love the word. And me being my little rebel, you know, I have to admit that I like seeing how people respond. Labels are, labels are good for that, right? Yeah. To differentiate, differentiate yourself when you specifically want to and these sorts of things. But my point is that whether you're a witch or whether whatever label you call yourself, if you're here to create change in the world, and, you know, there are people out there who just simply call themselves coaches. Yes. Even coaches who have a change-making mission. We're all the same. Every single one of us is evolving into our light self. I'm going to say light work into our light self, our true self. And so yeah. this is everybody is an enlightened change-maker when they're ready to step into that mission. On some level, yes. And it's different for all of us. And I actually talk about this a lot where I say I'm, you know, every time I go through something, I know that I'm evolving and I use the term evolving because that's what I believe I am into a new level of me. And then, and it keeps going and, Frankly, I hope it does keep going for the rest of my life because I become better, 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 better at being me for the good of all and everything that is. And I do believe we're all connected. Um, oh, I, I live my life as as much as I can as a person who truly lives in the in the the frequency of oneness who yes. recognizes everyone outside of me is actually a reflection or a projection of something I know to be true about myself. Yes, and I feel that too about like with energy. We know that energy becomes matter. So for me it's really important to be minding my energy, minding my vibration. To me they're um, the, do I say they're the same thing because I don't know. But I, yes. I use both. I think so. I Minding think your vibration 
It's just simply keeping your frequency or your energy where you need it to be so that you can be in your power. Yeah. And and as your true self. And I love being where I am right now. <laughs> so why? It's it's bloody awesome. It's awesome. You know, there's that forever saying, I wished I had have known all of this when I was younger, but then part of our journey on this planet, on this earth and this life is to learn so that we can get to this point. And that's part of the magic, isn't it? So, you and know what? Yeah, go ahead. I just want to say, I think also that um, it's really important for those of us who are now in the ages that we're in to really, at this point in time right now, to really start um, banging on about, I wish I knew this when I was younger and teaching it to those who are younger and ready to hear it because I don't know about you, but I look back and I think, oh, gosh, I could have done life differently if only I'd recognised that (laughs) I was worthy or whatever. But then I think about that and then I've gone a bit deeper and thought, well, I may not have been the person that I am today if I if I did. And I love who I've become, even through all of those really shitty fucked up times some of them were. So I hear you, but it's like I'm always playing oh, no, devil's yeah. advocate. Yeah, no, I'm exactly the same. I'm like, life is happening for me. You can't get it wrong. These are teachings that, that came through. Life is happening for me. You can't get it wrong. So how can I say I wish I'd known this back then? You can't because yeah. We never got it wrong. But we nothing could, goes wrong. We could certainly be a guide, a guiding Absolutely. light for others. Yeah. And that's what we are. We're not here. I had this conversation yesterday. We're not here to heal people. We're here to guide them, to heal. They are the healers for themselves. But let's get back into your book because... <laughs> highlighted a few things I know this is the thing we get into these conversations and you can talk forever and I'm really happy to have you back in the next round um but I've got a page up where it's all that is and if I can read it out and if you feel to um expand and there's another one that might be a bit controversial controversial so I'm going to tap into that as well Um, Everything you believe about yourself, about others, and about everything else is a lie, exclamation mark. The world where we were born into is over and the new world is taking its place. Absolutely, I believe that. Everything you know as truth is up for examination and revelation. And I so aligned with this. I just thought we've got to share this part. Oh, well, I appreciate that. And you immediately drew, drew me back to many years ago working with clients and I'd be channeling because I voice channel all that is. And, um, and, that, and you know, my hands would be moving and, and, and I love this way of explaining it, right? So the evolution that we're going through really is a um, turning the world upside down. It's about taking the world that we know it and turning it upside down. Mm-hmm. We're being selfish because we know we're one with everything else is our service. Mm. 
being selfish and minding our own vibration and doing the inner work is our service to the world because whereas in the world that we live in now still selfish is a bad thing you're supposed to care about everyone else before you care about yourself no we've got to care about ourselves first is my belief exactly but i mean even to the extent of in a world where we are one with everything that means that there's no one outside there that's doing anything to me in in a world where we're one there is only me so I have to be selfish and when I do my work clean myself up no one outside of me or appearing to be outside of me can make me feel any which way no that can only comes from within us it's all about us and so everything that's happening out there in the world that seems to be so separate from us is actually only happening so that we can go oh, that thing's happening over there. How is that making me feel? Because it's about how it's making you feel and what it's making you believe about yourself, others and everything else. And how can we turn it around to make things better and we have to work with ourselves to do that first. Exactly. And, again, the ripple effect comes in, right, because if if I'm cleaning up my frequency and nobody needs to show up in a way which will make me feel bad and then I here's a little a little gift when you are in the frequency of unfuck with ability you lift people up to your frequency just by your prince absolutely now, i love that yes different ways. so that means with the ripple effect what what that means is when i do my inner work and i become unfuck with all i'm minding my own vibration whoever i'm working with as a client my family members my friends when they're in my presence they're lifted up to that so they become more of that as well and then they go out into the world and share that that and it just it's it's a ripple effect around the world we have to start with ourselves we can't control the person at the top of the chain we can only control ourselves that's it and it's really interesting because this has brought things up for me because I have had a lot to deal with over the last couple of years and I've been in rage about it to the point where it's been very toxic for me and um, sent me into a dark place. And I, no matter what I've been doing for myself, it's been really hard to come out. And I'm good at the moment. I go up and down because I've been in the thick of some of it and it's just made me so angry. And I know there's a part of that anger and fear that is really good because it's made me take action and I've ended up, I spoke at a um, a gathering up here in the mountains called Politics in the Pub and it was about homelessness and women and, and especially my age is the biggest um, group of women that are becoming homeless on a weekly basis and I've had so many issues around this that it put me into fear. But what I did was I, I I don't know why I'm saying, but however, I went in and I got up and responded to an ex-council member's conversation. And I don't need to go into it because that's not why we're here. But I responded very diplomatically in my liberal way. And I got invited to speak with our local MP, have lunch with her down at Sydney Parliament House. And that 
was so unexpected because I'm not a political person. And, um, <clears throat> but then it made me think, well, you know, I want to be really strategic about this. I'm not going to go in and whine and whinge about what's going on. It's how can we make a difference? How can we be a voice for these people? So I just wanted to share that. Um, <clears throat> I love that. And, and that's the change, you know. It's just one little tiny bit of the change that you're here to contribute. And your experience that you've been going through has put you in that position to do that. And actually this talk has reined me in because being a person that feels everything, feels people's energy, and I'm, I know how, you know, I've learned how to distinguish, discern, discern between mine and other people's, but sometimes it can all get messed up and it can affect me emotionally. So I'm very, very aware. And I have to work every single day to keep myself grounded and connected on earth. And um, But I was getting into that rage where I was angry. It's like, I feel helpless. I can't help the world. And I went on this thing within myself. And it was really good because, you know, I was drawn to go to this meeting. I have the opportunity to be a voice. I'm going to be strategic. I've got people supporting me with it so that I can be. And it's Amazing. actually, you can't do it all, Julie, you know, and we, we all want to help. And of course, of course I can't do it all. And I suppose a part of my rage was because so many people turn a blind eye or they bury their head in the sand and that really fucks me up. But I've really had to rein myself in. So this has been quite amazing timing to go through this with you. Fantastic. You know, I, I just want to um something that came to me as you were talking, and I think it's really relevant to our audiences and mm. the people who are like us maybe a few years ago where we were trying to get going with our businesses and place ourselves in that position of being able to create change first in ourselves, then in others, and then in the world at some level. You know, if you're in struggle right now, and this is why I think it's important that we talk about you, see, what, what happened even though it seemed to be something happening outside of you and it was shit and things weren't working for you, what in fact it was doing was catalyzing you into taking a step into something that needs to be changed in the world that you perhaps before that weren't as aware of it as you are now because the people yeah. who don't have those problems are not seeing them the way that we will see them exactly. from where we are. This is why so many enlightened change makers come from a background of barely surviving financially Pain, trauma all of these yeah all of these well, things the change that we came to create in the world i talk in my book a little further into the book about everyone's purpose my purpose your purpose and also you know how to change the world and it's very much a story about the basic needs of humanity have to be cared for yes. that is how the world's going to change homelessness has to stop P kids not being fed has to stop kids being sold has to stop oh mm. you know all I don't think it's controversial but 
all of those things, you know, if we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, all of those things at that base level, basic needs, that has to be something that is taken care of collectively. And it's not being taken care of right now. That is, And it's not because... This, we're in the breakdown before the breakthrough. Yes. So we have to just keep going through it and keep voicing. This is why so many uh, enlightened change makers, uh, you know, all of the spiritual people, all of the people who are about consciousness, this is why there was a huge awakening in 2020 when America locked down, all of them started mm-hmm. meditating. There was no mistake here because nothing yeah. ever goes wrong. It's a part so, of why I'm doing my podcast as well. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 that's perfect. Exactly. Because we can have a voice. We're not going to be controlled on what we say because that is just not going to happen. And and it's about being open to people's um, experiences, explorations, and how they got to here today and how we can individually work. And it starts from the self. And that was one of my biggest lessons as a mother because we I don't know if you know, but my daughter was born with a life-threatening condition. She was diagnosed with a second one at six months. She nearly died several times. I never took care of myself. So when she became an independent woman, I fell apart emotionally, psychologically, energetically, spiritually, physically, and I had to go on a self-healing. Then it was my turn to be in healing. And so my purpose is to really tap into women and guide them, encourage them to take care of themselves, to love themselves. Yes. unconditionally so that they are unfuckwithable. They fucking rise unapologetically. That's what we're here for. So, oh, I, yeah, absolutely, I get excited. So I have another, another. Um, life is meant to be easy. Well, I'm going to say that my life hasn't always been easy. There are lots of easy moments in it, but, man, I've been through some shit like a lot of other people. So life is meant to be easy and what we experience in life is not supposed to steal our inner peace and cripple our power. So before I hand it over to you, I just want to say that whenever I have gone through something, it's just been so hard. But 30 years ago, actually 35 years ago almost, I read a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. It's an oldie. It's a great book. It wasn't hyped up. And the thing I took away from that most of all was that no matter what we do in life, any choice isn't wrong because we always have the opportunity to learn and grow. And so that helped me with going through challenges and um. So I can turn around and go, even though that was really hard, oh, my God, look at who I am now and look what I have now. So, yeah, and I love, and I've written about this in my bio for my podcast, is that I don't believe I would be the woman that I am today if I hadn't have gone through all of that. And I love who I am. I don't know who I would have been. 
no I, and I fully I feel exactly the same right and um and and I want to kind of expand on that a little bit more because I love what you're talking about and that's what happens once you truly step into your unfuckwithable power and um and know this is true that life is meant to be easy and that nothing's ever going wrong not just as a concept where you can think okay now I my life's really good now and so yay everything that I went through served that you can get to a point and this has been my experience as I started to embody these teachings because I argued for all of it don't worry about that um you, you get to a point where as you're going through the thing, there's a whole different level of knowing that this is meant to be for whatever yes. reason. And sometimes you can even know what the reason is. And, you know, the catalyst for me writing this book finally after 14 years of wanting to write it, even having the title for it for at mm. least nine years now. Mm. Um, I get that. Was, <laughs> yeah, was the actual um, la December last year, my, my mother passed. I'd been caring for her for six months. And exactly a month and one day later, my old adult son died. Yes. Whew, <laughs> which was horrendous because I lost the woman that made me a daughter and I lost the child that made me a mother. And I, I felt very lost. But at the same time, because I'd embodied this unfuckwithable energy, there was no disconnection from them. There was no um, sense of, sure, there is the human levels of grief mm -hmm. and all of that. Physical. I went through that. But I feel like I, I know that um, he, came, he came to me in a dream one night, so I woke up and I sat and I had a conversation with him because there was a chapter in the book I didn't want to share because it was about something that happened to me as a child, which because I wasn't healed from it as he became an adult, he karmically has lived that out. And the reason that, not the reason, but some of the karmic reason for him leaving two sons behind is because that was his greatest fear based yes. on the trauma that I had as a young child. Mm. And that, and he told me that. I didn't know that. He told me that and said, you must write about this because it's very important to the book. So, therefore, I couldn't have written the book until after. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes. Because he wouldn't I have known you. as a living human being. Yeah. He would not have known it. Yeah. And know? I'm seeing you. I'm besides the fact that I can see you on camera, I'm seeing you, I've, I get it, and absolutely. And that's what I do um, I, when my mum died. I still have conversations with my mum, and it's been like 15, 16 years, but she comes to me in my dreams and often when I'm driving and we have conversations, and I know without she is with me. You know, and yes, I want her in the physical form sometimes so I can have a physical hug because I'm a hugger. You know, I love that touch. Yeah. But it's really, really powerful. And thank you for sharing that. Um, Just a little quick thing. So I, I, my mum gave me her car before she died because I was caring for her and I was driving her everywhere and she couldn't drive anymore. Um, and so I... I I have her car, and every time I get in that car, I'm absolutely certain she's sitting in the passenger side, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. But, you know, one of the hardest things about 
about my son dying was mm. that my natural instinct, because it was only a month after, my natural instinct through my grief was to ring my mum. Yes. So every time I was grieving my son, I would go to pick up my phone or whatever. And so that really was a very hard thing to go through, the two of them. So she was my number one person to pick up the phone and and have a, you know, an emotional conversation with. So that's what yeah. we do as mums and that's what my daughter did and I did um, with my mum. And that was one of the biggest things. And I always used to think, got to call mum for Christmas or a birthday and think, what are you doing, Julie? She's not here, so just talk to her. But when I've been in really difficult times, it is, it's like, and I've often said to her, I just wish you were sitting next to me, mum, and she is, but it's like I always desire that physical form. I have something else here too. We might go over time, but this is really good conversation. (laughs) So I'm going to read this part. You may want to expand or may not. Um, You are one with all that is, and I truly believe that, and of course I know you, and all that is leaves nothing out, which is a really good little nugget. Now that you are ready to truly change the world, you must first change yourself. So this is what we've been talking about. Become the change you want to be. Become the change you want to see. I really love this because this is what I preach. Become the change you want to lead. Become one with all that is at one with source. Unite your physical self with your non-physical self, and you will change the world. You have asked and it is given. Fuck, I love that. And, oh, and it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, and and it's probably nice for somebody else to read it back to you. But that has written these are words that I have used over the years. And that just goes to once again prove the collective and how we are one and you know, exactly. this happens sometimes. Do you have anything you would like to add to that? I have one more thing after this, and no, then you can. I don't move. have anything. I think that you know that's part of the. Cha- in there's a chapter which is just the entire channeled message that came, the teachings that downloaded into me. Um. So yeah. and that's just the end part of it. I think so. Um. So I think it stands. It says it all, doesn't it? Here's another bit before I go into the last bit. If it was true that I was born perfect and all that is taught me and yet I felt broken, imperfect and wrong, then what happened to me that got me to this point? Like, you know, for me, it's like, well, we are all born perfect, but is there such a thing as perfect? Um, and everything for me yes. in life I is a lesson. It's an opportunity. It's a possibility for my growth and my evolution. Exactly, and there's never anything wrong. I mean, if you if if you weren't a perfect being, there would be things going wrong, or there would have been things going wrong. But uh, all that is actually says you were born perfect, and you haven't changed yet. That's exactly what they I love say. It. And and it's just simply a reminder. You see, 
what I've now come to understand through these teachings and through doing this work is that it's not about healing all the wrongs. It's actually about allowing ourselves to remember who we truly are because all the wrongs just fall away. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Step in. It's, and um, it's a practice. Yeah, it is a practice. It's a shedding. It's transformation. Oh, look, I'm going through this. We'd be on here all afternoon. I've got so many bits, and what I might even do is perhaps we come back for another another chat because I think this is really powerful because um, I've got, got quite a few things, and I'm aware of time, but there's one that really I have something to say about this. And it will be really good for us. Um, where is it? <laughs> okay, I don't even need to go to it. But, you know, I have a different thought around this. And this has come in in the recent years. And it's about forgiveness. Like when we can forgive, it is not about forgiving the other person and what they did or condoning what they did. It's about setting ourselves free or I can't remember your exact words, but I have, yeah. So what I want to share and, and I fully embraced that for many years, many, many years, but I've had a few things come to me that um, through my daughter and through myself and really processing that. Whereas, you see, I don't believe in forgiveness anymore. What I believe is that it's important first. So forgiveness is there, but it, I, I think for me now, I don't like to call it forgiveness. It's about acknowledging what happened and accepting it to be able to move on because as as a mentor and a practitioner and as a mother I have experienced people that simply are unable to forgive because they just can't you know they just understand yeah so for me which is really powerful and, and was very empowering because I always did the forgiving stuff and now I feel I don't need to. And I guess the first step is acknowledging that it happened and accepting it in order to be able to release it. Now, some may call that forgiveness. I call it as it is, acknowledging, accepting and releasing because some people... Yeah, and can't let go even if they forgive or it might I be trapped in their body as it was with me. Exactly. I totally agree with you. And this is why the overriding thing in the book is about there's nothing and no one outside of me that could do anything to me except for me to then know what I need to heal. So when we're doing our healing work, and I own, I, I'm not into the forgiveness stuff either, but I felt that I needed to because I know there'll be people who read that and go, yeah, but what about that person who did this horrible thing to me? Yes, yes, yes. You I know, like, so yeah, I just kind of touched basically one, one tiny little two-page, two-line paragraph, I think. Um, but here's the truth. If you are one with everything else and you are, then there is no one 
someone that you need to forgive <laughs> yourself if you want to use that expression of forgiveness. So you have to take full responsibility for everything that's in your world. Yes. Take responsibility for the person who slapped you across the face. Well, what did I need to feel so that I could see that I needed the, the experience that happened to you, for instance? There was something within you that was already full of rage that needed to be seen by you. And so this experience allowed you to tap into and start working with and releasing that releasing rage. That rage. And I'm going to, yeah, absolutely. And I actually, in what I've said, I'm often talking about forgiving myself, yeah. forgiving myself so that I can move forward, which to me is very different to forgiving somebody else. So let's just um, expand on that just a little bit. I think we're going to have to come back and do a follow-up, a part two of this, because it's so good. Thank oh. you, Anne. Bless you. I love it. So I was raped, not once, but twice, at different ages. And when it happened the first time, I thought it was all my fault. I was a silly girl for allowing myself to be in that position. And I allowed myself to get over it, although I thought I had. And, um, and also I didn't struggle the first time. I was too bloody scared because I was threatened that I would be harmed. So that happened. And then a couple of years later, it happened with a boyfriend and his mates. And I fought like I fought like a dog, a demon. <laughs> but then I was also threatened. So it's about surrendering. And again, I thought, oh, my God, what have I done to get myself in these positions? And so, you know, I let them go. I, I never felt that it affected me. <laughs> until now I'm talking 50 freaking years ago and it's only been in the last two months, uh, sorry, two years, that this huge amount of rage has come up about it because I had this hatred and I've never had successful relationships and I compromised myself. I've actually chosen to be on my own, and I'm really happy because I don't want to go into that wifey fucking shit again. I've done it twice long-term in relationships, but it's always been with an addictive with people, people men, with, men with addictions. So, um, and I, you know, I have no shame in speaking about it uh, and I never have. I've always been able to speak about it. But it's interesting where I thought it never really affected me. But what I did, and there was nothing about forgiveness and not even with myself. It was just like, you know what? Shit happens. I'm moving on. That's it. Yes. yes. There you go. 50 That's years later and it's all, well, actually... <laughs> 48 years later and it's all coming out because and other so, things that are not as tragic of that that felt more tragic have triggered it so first of all let me just say i'm terribly sorry that that happened oh thank okay. you it, it i honestly feel okay 
I know. And I had uh, sexual abuse when I was eight, and that's part of mm-hmm. the story. Mm-hmm. And so I, here's the thing. The way that you that we 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 justify it because it's just part of living in the world, right? Yeah, it's just what happened. Well, and don't make a fuss about it because you're not supposed. All of those things now. But here's the key: you read my the first section of this book talks about this about how every single moment of trauma, and for me, trauma is subjective. It can be little trauma or mm-hmm. big trauma, but in fact, it all is exactly the same. Yes. What happens is with every moment of trauma, you feel an emotion, but you suppress the emotion and you make the moment mean something about you. Yes. And then you, because you don't breathe as fully as you normally do, that becomes stuck energy in your energy field, in your emotional body and in your mental body. Mm. And so... What that then does, and this is the true law of attraction, what then that then does is those two, uh, that, that stuck energy is magnetising to you people and situations that will make you feel those things so that you can release them because we're not supposed to carry them. Absolutely. And so you've got so much built up. You're going to create a horrendous moment of reckoning, so to speak, where yeah. you have to face it. And, you know, these big things, until we start doing our healing work, there's so many of these stuck energies. Every moment of trauma has created these two stuck energies. Yes. And then they just keep piling on top, piling on top, and piling on top. So, of course, you're going to notice smaller ones of it and you're going to be able to clean those out easily. But once you've Mm. done the small ones, you're going to find the real thing, which is the very first time that happened and you decided uh, this thing happened to me and that means I'm a bad person and I ha- I'm going to hate myself forevermore. Yeah. You don't say that. No. But if you're a bad person, then you don't like yourself. So you go around creating more moments of treat me like you think I'm not likable, treat me as though I'm not lovable, keep rejecting me, keep treating me badly because I need to feel that energy and instead of ignoring it this time, I'm going to go in and fix it Yes, over and over again until it's gone. Well, I honestly believed that I didn't know it was all stuck there, you know. I I thought that over all these years and all the healing I've done that it was done. But um, and it's interesting because this has been lasting quite a while and I've even... Um, I've actually been in trauma counselling and I've even, like, I sit there and laugh and think, oh, my God, like, because I get it. Like, it's it, it's all decided yeah, it's to come all, out. It's, yeah. it's all about embodiment, right? We all know these concepts. We know that we should do our inner work. We know that, you know, the way we, we really feel about ourselves. But here's the thing. Well, do we even really admit to ourselves what we think of ourselves until we have to? Uh, absolutely I agree like I honestly love myself and the woman I am and um, but when I was younger like a late teen and I talked about this yesterday um, and in my early 20s I didn't know what it meant to love myself or find myself I thought how the fuck do you do that what is that? And of course, because I had been raped as a, a an older teenager, um, I 
never even suspected. I wasn't mature enough to even believe or understand that I thought I was unlovable because of the abuse that I dealt with. I, I just thought that's me, you know, and I, yeah, I it's so, so complex. It's it's also societal beliefs, right? Because we come into the world as as females in a male dominated world, and our you know I don't know about you, but my father was a big, strong, masculine. He had three boys and three girls, and the girls did the housework, and the girls behaved themselves, oh. and the boys could do the hell they wanted. And so I absolutely had that as well because of my childhood um, sexual abuse. I was promiscuous growing up. Yes. And uh, because I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be. I, I didn't know too. who you had to be played with. Right? Yeah. I was promiscuous, but I never I never thought that I could be in relationships. And the exactly. other thing is being so young, but I was still aware of this, is I'm not telling anybody because of the way women were treated it was like I'm the one that will suffer and even today I'm just going to bring this up 97 percent of men get away with rape and it's like what the fuck anyway that's a whole nother topic but it's the societal belief system that we've come into it's a society we've come into there is this whole belief system around sex sexuality feminine masculine males and females and dominance and and submissiveness and the whole thing is just but but this is what we uh, this is what's changing I and mean, it's been happening since the 60s like right yes, with the course. revolution and all of that and it's continuing now and so we get to drive that now and this is the important thing about women our age speaking out Absolutely, and this is what I think too. This is, we're changing this. We are a voice, and I've often said to people, this is like a repeat of the 60s and early 70s, but there's more of us and we're even stronger. And We are starting to, once, once, once one person speaks out, another feels the courage to do the same. Yes, Absolutely. Oh my so gosh. Yeah. So, oh my God, what a conversation we've been having. <laughs> it's fantastic. What I'm feeling, um, I was going to get you to read an excerpt, but if you're open to it, how about we do a part two and I'll put them together? Um, I'd love to. That would be because this is a brilliant conversation. Honestly, I'm so grateful that you've written this book. It's powerful for us to get it out there. It's powerful to have these conversations. I am so grateful to you, Anne. Um, and for our people that are listening to this, Anne's contact details will be in the show notes as well as how you can get this book. Yes. And Mind Your Own Vibration. I love it and be unfuckwithable. It's <laughs> fucking powerful. So that will all be in the show notes for you to connect in with Anne and get her book. But we will be back. I will organize with Anne and we'll I'll make it a part two of this because I think we've got more to more to go through and I've got more pieces highlighted and I can highlight more because I didn't get to the end. Anne, do you have any um 
words to share before we close off with this potty? Only, only in as much as saying this to you. When we started the conversation and I was going to read a bit of my book, I was very sure of what chapter I was going to read. And then halfway through the conversation, I don't know if you noticed, but I was flicking through the book to find yeah. another chapter that I thought would be even more relevant to the conversation. And so I think next time when we're conversing, I will just decide what chapter will be relevant to the conversation and Fabulous. we'll with it. It might be one of those two or it might be something entirely different. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I know we could have gone down a rabbit hole. I love talking, you know, and there's so much oh. to share and explore <laughs> with women like you, women like ourselves. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And, um, oh, gosh, I'm excited for let's finish this off another time. And, yes. um, yeah. It's fantastic. So thank you to our listeners that have tapped in and be sure to make your comments and it's fine to disagree. We can all agree to disagree. I just ask that people are mindful and respectful. And this is Julie Nelson, Rich Witch, signing out with Anne Alex. So thank you, everybody, and we'll see you or you'll hear us for part two. Bye for now. Hello, and here we are again, podcasters. I am... Julie Nelson, Rich Witch, and I'm back again for part two with Anne Ellickson talking about her book, Mind Your Own Vibration, Be Unfuckwithable. I love this. We've had a couple of conversations now. So before you listen to part two, please listen to part one they're together in the um spotify and in my podcast so you'll be able to easily see them so don't skip part one because it was a really good conversation and we're leading from that into this one and uh i'll hand you over to Anne to introduce her and we're going to start off with her reading a couple of paragraphs, uh, a couple of chapters from her book because I believe they're really important chapters and there may or may not be resistance around it. So <laughs> over to you, Anne. Thank you so much. So well, let's just jump straight in, right? So the book, obviously, which we've been talking about in that first part um, and sharing so much about it in that per first part as well. So make sure you go back and and watch that. So I'm going to read some chapters as per your request around self-love and around love. Yes. So this chapter is in the second section of the book and it's uh, so the second section is entitled Mind Your Own Vibration. The first <laughs> section is Raise Your Vibration. 
then mind your own vibration. And then the third section is about taking your vibration with you everywhere you go. That's how you we'll change We'll have to world. do another chat about that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is called All You Need Is Love. And at the beginning of it is just a little couple of words from the channeled wisdom that came through me many years ago. Unconditional love for self and others is the key to your spiritual ascension and your personal evolution. Self-love has become a huge trending topic in the past few years. Bookshop shelves are filled with books on how to love yourself. And if Amazon had real shelves rather than virtual ones, they would be bowing under the weight of the thousands of self-love and self-care books and journals that get created and uploaded every single day. We're all thirsty for self-love. Allow me to take you beyond the current self-love equals self-care paradigm and into the future. You see, we don't do self-love like the others. Self-love is not self-care, although that is part of it. Self-care is a physical manifestation of self-love, as I realised when many years ago I was creating my self-care dare cards and journal in which I dare you with actions to take to bring more self-love into your life. Self-love is also not superficial, at least not at the multidimensional level. There is a particular story that All That Is has been sharing with me and our clients for as long as we've been doing this work together, and I'd like to share that with you here. I wish I could act it out for you. I can't because I've got a book in my hand, as we do for our clients. I'll do my best to express it in written words, and if you want to see it for yourself, you can watch the video. You'll find it on the resources page. It goes like this. We are between two worlds right now, the old world of the third dimension and the new world of the fifth dimension and beyond. The only way to get from the third to the fifth is, of course, through the fourth dimension. Now imagine that I'm holding my hands out and in my left hand is the third dimension world. It looks exactly like the world we're living in right now. In my right hand is the fifth dimension and beyond world, the unconditional love world, a world that I'm going to describe more to you when I share my purpose and the journey all that is took me on into the future to align with my future self. For now, just imagine those two worlds as you believe them to be. Between the two worlds, there is a bridge, the fourth dimension. Smack bang in the middle of the bridge, there is a door. It's a fly screen door, a door frame with a fly screen. Now, picture you've been doing your inner work, cleaning up your belief systems, raising and then minding your own vibration. You then find yourself walking from the 3D world over the bridge toward the 5D and beyond world, and you arrive at the screen door. There's something that you have to do here at the door before you can move on to the remaining part of the bridge and continue your travel to the 5D and beyond world, the world of unconditional love. Are you ready? Before yep. you can continue your journey into the multidimensional world, you must walk through that screen door. No, not open it or walk through. You must pass through the screen. This is the litmus test to whether you have evolved into unconditional self-love. And because we are all one, you must also have within you unconditional love for everything. Yes, even your enemies. Any aspect of unself-love that you hold within your energy field will stop you from moving through the screen just as your front screen door stops bugs from entering your home. 
Now, this isn't a one and done experience when you start awakening to the truth of who you are and start healing your trauma, raising and then minding your own vibration. It's a journey that you take over and over again. Travelling on the fourth dimensional bridge toward the multi-dimensions only to be turned back at the door by an unhealed aspect of you that becomes triggered or by a belief in anything less than unconditional love and oneness. And that's okay. In fact, it's more than okay. It's exactly how it needs to be for the soon to evolve or ascend new human. Our current human self has lived a lifetime of wounds. We've also lived a lot of joy and we're not dismissing the good times. When turned back from the screen door, the thing to do, of course, is to recognise that there is more work to do and to go do it without blame or shame or judgement, but instead with a light-hearted, I'm not there yet and I forgive myself anyway, that lets you off the hook of your blame, shame and self-judgement. A multidimensional being such as yourself knows that this will take as long as it takes and the time it takes will be the perfect timing. How could it be anything less when life is happening for you? Do you remember in the innate abilities chapter, obviously <laughs> earlier in this section of the book where I shared with you one of the early voice channelings I did and the experiences I had immediately following that, my hand vanishing like a ghost through the wall of my office, the chat I had with a thirsty palm in my rainforest backyard and the mosquito I could not bring myself to squash because it before it could do what is in its nature to do and bite me. In the moment of aligning with all that is and in the joy felt all around because of this voiced connection, I had been transported into the field of oneness and unconditionality or unconditional love. Now that's what awakening and coming into alignment feels like, isn't it? What I want you to know here is not how awakened and enlightened I am because I'm not always. I'm a mere mortal after all, just like every other human who is seeking more from their life and just like you. These were fleeting moments of unconditional love where I was one with everything, where there was no separation between myself and the other. In fact, there was no other at all, just me in my fullness. Now that you know how important unconditional self and unconditional love of self and everything else is to your personal power evolution, we can share more about exactly what the unconditional self-love we talk about at the multidimensional level is. Mm. Would you like me to move on to that next one about but what is love? I would, but I have a couple of things. Or if you think they should wait. No, let's go there. Okay. So a couple of things came up that I kind of was chuckling inside because I embrace spiders. And my next thing, I actually have patted a snake. And I have lived in the country for many years off and on and off grid and experienced a lot of snakes. And I've decided recently that I really want to befriend them. So that's interesting. However, I'm always saying there's two or three insects or creatures that I just can't handle and one is mosquitoes, one is flies, and the other is cockroaches. And so while you were saying that, I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, because very um, Buddhism, they don't kill yes. anything because they believe they can be reincarnated as any. And I'm thinking, do I really, like, I really don't like. So I don't kill these things. I try to remove them, but, you know. Yeah, sure. So I think um, we can look at doing things like 
I have, like in the mountains and places and a lot of new places that are built, we all have fly screens on the windows and things like that. Thank you. That is so good. <laughs> so it's about taking actionable steps to reduce um, these fears because I often see poor huntsmen get a really hard rap online and I actually love huntsmen and I leave them in my house I have conversations with them and I love it when they have their babies and I'm always careful like to put them outside and um and I I'm always going no don't kill them spider medicine is really good and then the other one was like loving our enemies. I try to think that I don't have enemies. So I'm bringing up these things because other people may have these sure. questions come up. Um, I noticed when I was going through a very, very dark time last year that I was saying hate a lot, and it's a word that I try not to actually use. And I, I became, like, I was conscious of it, but there was a lot of rage inside of me and a lot of fear. It was actually fear. And because I had the self-awareness, I was able to work on it and um, accept how I was feeling. And it was circumstantial, you know. I It was just the way that it was, and it wasn't, I, I just couldn't, I wanted to control it and I couldn't. Right. So loving your enemies. Um, I just want to say, I'm not sure. So obviously I'm not going to be able to pass through that screen door quite yet, <laughs> but I think I have come a long way, but I'm not sure that I can love people that do the wrong thing, but I can come to a place of understanding why they may have done it. Can we? Absolutely. absolutely. So it's a journey. It's a, it's an absolute journey, right? We have to, uh, as, as we move towards oneness, you see, in oneness, we have to recognise that that person that we hate is actually an aspect of me. So if I'm hating on another person, I'm hating on myself and I'm doing damage to myself. And so mm -hmm. I think that is really what we're talking about. And I use the expression, your enemies, to make the point. Yes. Because I wouldn't consider any enemies anymore either because I live more often in that frequency of oneness where I recognise that anything outside of me that annoys me is actually an aspect of me showing me something that I need to clean up inside me. Yes, I love that because when I feel triggered by something, the first thing I do is ask myself, why am I being triggered and what are my next steps? What can I do or what do I need to do to move through this? Which I'm grateful that I have that. Many people aren't able to because they, um, and I I was there once upon a time myself. As was I. It was the external. It was that blame, wasn't it? Whereas yeah. now we have that understanding and the knowledge and the experience that we can do this. So I think and feel that this is a good practice and something really worthwhile mentioning here 
for people. And it's not about us judging anybody or anything like that. It's totally about if you are feeling triggered or angry or hateful or whatever the word is that you're feeling or using, perhaps take a breath and yeah, take a breath and go, why is this affecting me? What is it that is affecting me I, in this situation? I absolutely, I'm fully with you. And I also like to bring it a little further along and say that rather than why, I like to, I actually have come to a place now where I'm like, the why doesn't matter. What matters is what is it making me feel? Because it's the thing that you're feeling, and this is what the whole of the first section is about, the raising your vibration of raising your vibration. That first section of the book is all about recognizing that everything that's happening outside of you or to you is a reflection of something within you, and it's always a belief and a feeling, and they're tied so strong together, right? So lots of people have done lots of belief work and they think, mm. okay, I'm healed now, but they haven't done the, the the emotion work. Lots of people have done the emotion work, but they're still carrying the the the, the beliefs that are tied with it. So yeah. in the book, and I take people through an example of how to, to, to do the both of them at the same time because... If you're feeling a certain way about anything that's happening out there in the world or someone's doing to you or any of those sorts of things, it will always come back to how does it make me feel? Yes. It makes me feel sad. It makes me feel angry. It makes me feel afraid. It makes me feel shameful or whatever because that's the thing that you want to examine because that's based on something that's happened to you in the past. It's not real now. It happened in the past. And so you assume that it's going to happen again and again and again and again. Perfect. So it's asking how this is making me how, feel. What is it making me feel rather than what what, it making why, why am I, why am I? That feels blaming to me personally. So I would prefer how is it making me feel? Okay. Yeah, I understand that, although I'm such a delver that, why well, I think they all work for whoever. Everyone has their, the way that works for them best of all. And I think that's one of the most important things here mm. is that nobody's journey, even though we're all one, we're all incredibly unique. Even <laughs> yes. the way that we have to heal ourselves is unique. And, by the way, it's only you that's healing yourself. You Absolutely. can have guides, you can have mentors and you can have helpers. But it's always and only you. Yes, it it has to come from within. We are the magic. I always say this: we are the magic. We are the power for ourselves. We have it, it. For me, it's taking responsibility for ourselves, which comes into self love. And, and as you said, you know, we can have all of these practices that can contribute to self-love. But we talked about this before. I've written about it many times. Mm -hmm. Having a bubble bath or wearing your perfume, like I like you to wear natural perfumes, um, is self-care, which is a step or a piece of self-love. Yes. And what I noticed too is that 
some people will give up and you know I often see the eyeball rolling or I can feel it online when I bring up love yourself unconditionally and I can say I'm not there a hundred percent of the time I don't think people understand what it means truly they don't understand and and that's actually the perfect place for me to read the next chapter because talk about that a little bit okay so this but what is love And, again, I'm just start the chapter with something that was shared with me in that uh, initial awakening. If you seek love, first be love. Do you know what the opposite of unconditional self-love is? Let me tell you what all that is has shown me over the years as I and my clients were being guided to take that walk over the fourth dimension bridge into the multi-dimensions. Contrary to what you probably think and believe you know to be true about love, self-love and being unconditional, The opposite of self-love is not self-hatred or self-loathing, although those can certainly be symptoms of it. Rather, all that is and I call it unself-love. It's a much more subtle word and frequency, isn't it? Mm. To someone who has not heard it before, it may be hard to grasp, and at the same time it's simple and it's uncomplicated. Unself-love, like every word, thought, belief and idea, holds a frequency. Unself-love is a subtle frequency. Exactly what it needs to be to get the point across and to shift not just your perspective and frequency, but your actual way of being. If you've ever had, oh, I won't read that little bit. That's just about my work. Um, It's uh, energy frequency gets into your body and your psyche. You hear it and feel it through every single cell in your body, even if you sleep through it. It changes your personal frequency and your very way of being. I've had people in my group channel channeling sessions fall into a deep sleep as soon as they find a seat and sit down to then wake up with no remembered idea of what has happened or what has been said, who then subsequently find themselves acting more consciously in their lives and taking actions in their lives that they've been procrastinating on for years. Unself-love can be as subtle as that. Just like the trauma we've talked about earlier, your version of unself-love can be something big that you do that keeps you out of alignment with your true self and your dreams, such as smoking cigarettes or taking dangerous drugs when you know your physical body is suffering from these actions. Or at the most extreme level of subtlety, it may be something little like one of those teeny tiny split-second moments in time where you don't even really notice that you're beating yourself up for having done something wrong or failed in some way. I'm talking about you here, an awakening evolving human being who has made a conscious decision to transcend your human limitations and become all that you can be by raising your frequency to align with your higher self. You are the physical manifestation of the creator of it all. God, universe, source, you are one with all that is, which leaves nothing out. Life is happening for you. You can't get it wrong. It's only your perception, which is created through your past, that would have you think anything else. As you clean up your past and ascend into the future through your attention and full presence now, you will come to know this more fully. Until then, borrow my faith in who you truly are. (laughs) When you bring your focus and presence into the now while keeping a third eye, so to speak, on the future, Become aware of those moments where you beat yourself up for believing that you are less than what I know you to be. In that moment, I want you to do something for me that will lift your vibe back up and allow you to release those subtle unself-love blocks that keep you running back and forth between the current world paradigm and the self-love screen door of the fourth dimension. You're going 5D and beyond, my love. 
Here's what to do as soon as you become aware that you're doing an act of unself-love. That is anything that is in opposition to the truth you now know about yourself through the teachings of all that is. Number one, channel Britney Spears by singing or saying, oops, I did it again. <laughs> I love it. Now, if you get my age pop culture reference, that should have made you smile and you would have felt your energy immediately lift up, right? And so, number two, and then say, and I forgive myself anyway. Yes. Oops, I did it again and I forgive myself anyway. And number three, then make a conscious decision to immediately do say, think or speak out loud the opposite of your unself-love words, thoughts or actions. If I were you, I'd go all the way right back to the beginning of the book and within the introduction find the channeled teachings of all that is and I would read through it. I've highlighted some key pointers to who you really are and how life operates when you remember and take steps to becoming the fullness of your ascended self. Choose a couple or all of the pointers or just copy out the whole page and keep it with you for easy reference. You'll also find a printable PDF of it on the book resources page. Okay, now that you've learned the best way to raise your vibration without putting a smiley face sticker over your traumas and instead healing them retroactively and also as they happen, and you know what to do next to mind your own vibration and take yourself into the next dimension, the dimension where you truly are the creator of your own reality and where the now version of you gets to align with the multidimensional future you and you are shown the truth of your reason for being here, the meaning of your life, if you will. And that leads into the purpose part of the book. Take I, your vibration with you. I just love that. And, of course, I did chuckle with, oops, I've done it again. So I'm sorry, I can't sing. It's um, the funniest thing, right, because that came through me when I was channeling for a client <laughs> and we were talking about unself-love and showing them where they were doing these things to themselves. And... That's what came through, Channel Britney Spears. And every single time I said it in the months after that, people would have that experience of it It lightens your energy straight away because it's such a silly, funny little thing. But but that came through from source, from all that is. Love it, love it, love it. And and I'm going to pop a couple of things in here. Um, that That is why I work with the power of perfume because... And I get people to, um, like clients, to experience it. Even if you imagine that you're smelling your favourite scent, notice what happens to your body. You start to relax. Your shoulders will drop. You'll smile. It feels good. So a music, smell, yeah. yeah, it does. It raises our vibration. And then it's about keeping it there. And, of course, we said that we can't stay there 100% of the time. I think that's, I think if we did, we wouldn't be here on the I wonder what it would take for us to stop saying that. Well, do you know, as you said that, I was thinking that. I I felt you glitch a little bit for a second. I did, I did, because I was thinking, why are you saying that, Julie? Because it doesn't have to be true. But then I thought, if we were, would we still be on this earth? I believe so, yes, and I go into that in the book. about In the next section of the book about purpose and my purpose and your purpose and the purpose of all of us here is to become 
what I call enlightened change makers, which simply means a light body, a light being in human form. Love it. Okay. So this is, I just love this conversation. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and then you mentioned something about forgiving yourself, you know, oops, I did it again. You know, you where that self-talk or something that you do that might not be for your highest good. And it's something that I learned just over 30 years ago was to catch that. And what I would do is flip it into a more empowering statement rather than disempowering. And I, again, when I was through that, going through that very dark time, I really struggled to pull my knowing and knowledge up and I'd I'd be going yeah I know all of that but it's not helping me right now you know yeah, so no, I'm sure other people are experiencing that as I, well uh, uh, look and this is why it's taken me 14 15 years to actually embody these teachings mm, mm. I was very clearly told way back then that we are putting you under an apprenticeship and you are going to learn and teach and embody these energies because you have to become the frequency of it. To be able that way to. You don't have to keep telling people about it. You just become the presence of it. Yes. And that's what I mean. But when I say an enlightened change maker, change maker you're, you're, you're a being of light in human form and you can change people's energy by your presence. You can change their beliefs. You can change their you can heal their trauma just by your presence, right? Yes. So uh, I forgot where I was going with that, but it was something really important. <laughs> ah, it will come back. It will come back. Yes, it was, yeah. I don't even remember. That's what all right. We'll, we'll keep going because these are things that I practice myself and oh, yes. go, go. Well, you're... I was going to say this is why it took me so long to embody this because it has to become a daily practice mm. and so that's why I actually am I have a 12-week program where that I've done this before without the book right but now I'll be doing it with the book Beautiful. <laughs> where there are actual very solid real world processes and uh and systems to help you to actually embody this because no when we're going about our life and something happens and we completely forget everything that we know about what's best for us yes we just fall into that unconscious way of being where we allow our trauma to lead us yes and allow our negative thoughts to lead us that's completely normal that is absolutely completely normal but it's why i do this 12 week I call it a master mind, not as in a master mind, but a master mind from the yes. mind of a master. Yes. All yes. that is, of course, not me, <laughs> although <laughs> I'm part of it, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why I do that because then I can take people, give them things to do every single day, hold them accountable to that, and then meet with them every single week to um, to do whatever I can do to help them to step even more and more and more into that. So. Beautiful. And and I get that because I have my daily practices. Yeah. 
And the thing is for myself is when, uh, and I always practice them, you know, and I'm conscious of it, it's always there because I've created these habits. In fact, I think it might have been, it was the year before last, actually, I thought I was talking to my rich witch community it was during one of the challenges because I run, <coughs> excuse me, for a, for a year. And I, I realized that I'd become a little bit um, unconscious of all of my practices. And we do. <laughs> yes, yes. <coughs> excuse me, just let me have a sip. And so I brought my consciousness, my awareness back into it because they were so automatic for me that I was not connecting as much energy with them as I could be. And so that's something to do too. We don't or we don't want to be on automatic pilot. However, we want to be consistent. Consistency is the key to so much of us manifesting what we desire. Julie, it's how they taught us to be who we were or who we, you know, it's how they teach us. This is what, this is how you get to live in society and you conform to these things. And until we get to a place where we realise it's not working and start unlearning it, we don't yes. know any better. We've all been through every single human in the, in, on the planet yes. has had experience of being indoctrinated into yes. the cult of normal <laughs> like the cult of ordinary um yeah so it, yeah. I'm saying that in order to say there's no blame here no. No blame around it everybody has experienced this and everybody continues to experience it from on and off and so we have to just kind of go you know what I'm taking that same journey and Absolutely. I might fall back from time to time and that's okay and oops, I did it again, and I forgive myself anyway. Yeah, and and I have this um, view or belief for myself that I I I believe sometimes I perhaps was meant to do the oops, I did it again because it brings me back, and then I I step back up, but I have even you know, each time I have more awareness, my vibration rises higher. And I actually like that because I desire to continue to grow. I don't want to stop where I'm at. There's well, so I mean, that's much more. Whole, that's the purpose, right? God created, if let's call it God, God created the universe in order to expand. And so since we're little drops of God and little drops of the universe, then our actual purpose is to continue to expand. And that means to continue to evolve, continue to become more, continue to allow more of our light in so that we become the enlightened change maker, the being of light walking on this planet in service to humanity and self yes. and changing the world. Yes, and acknowledging and recognising so that we can move forward. Yes. That's very, very important. I have this little um, formula, and, of course, there's a, a, the work needs to be done before you can reach that, but it, it, it's self-love equals self-worth equals 
more confidence, self-confidence. Oh, absolutely. Equals magnetism or attraction equals manifestation. So, you know, some of us are very powerful. I'm a very powerful manifester. However, I don't manifest everything that I desire. And so I look at that and I'm working with myself around that. But, yeah, it's very powerful. So I'm feeling like we could complete now, but I certainly would love to do another little bit of learning on a podcast from your book because I definitely know that with our discussions and learning more about the book and having a PDF, I actually want it in my hands because I think it's that kind of book. Um, There was a book many years ago called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by a woman called Susan Jeffers. And yeah, I I loved that book. Yeah, like over three decades ago, for sure, with me. Um, What I learned from that is our choices are never wrong because we can always learn from. And I loved that. I loved that. And I used to call that my little Bible. And honestly, I'm not just saying this. I feel like yours is the type of book, once it's been read, I used to do this with Feel the Fear and open it. I'd open it up and it would be just perfect for what I want right at this moment. Oh, I love so, that. Yeah. I, wide open. I don't know if you can feel that, but my heart just went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Right here. And I had um, someone on the publishing team actually said to me, I started to look at your book and started to read it, but then I just felt this magnetism to just keep reading and I'm and I can't read it right now. I've got to I've got to wait for the end product, right? So and that was the intention with the book was to just hold the frequency of every word that's in it and every every teaching of all that is and um and when she said that to me, I was like, yeah, that's that's what I want. I want you to open it up and just be pulled into the book or into the part that will mm. serve you right now. Well, I'm definitely. You ask, it is given. And yes. that's another thing that we talk about in the book every time. I, I am definitely pulled into it through our conversation. So I'm looking. And I have read a lot of it. Yeah. So, um but I want, I love having a book in hand, you know. So we will have all of the details in the show notes for you to be able to um, purchase Anne's book. I honestly feel that it's a very valuable book. It's not a complicated, you know, sometimes you read books and you think, what the fuck are they talking about? You know, and they go, they don't speak in people's language and yours is. I actually, and and it was made very clear to me at the beginning of this particular journey that it was to be simple and uncomplicated and I actually pride myself on what I call being kissable. I keep yes. it simple and spiritual. I love that, yes. I love it, love it, love it. I can't wait for our next conversation, Anne. And um, such a joy. Thank you. uh, Thank you. Thank you for bringing this to the world because, as you say, we're all one. We're all a collective. Let's raise each other up. And I know a lot of people say that, but 
I'm sure they mean it, but they kind of don't take the action. So let's work with this all together because we're all making a difference. I can't wait for you to read the very last chapter. I think you will truly, truly get the whole thing. I'm sure I will, but now I've got to make sure I don't jump. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a tendency to You have to read it in order, that last chapter, because it actually builds on, builds on. But that very last chapter is just, oh, it just just came through me. Nothing I'd ever experienced before. It was amazing. Yeah, I can feel that. I can see it in your face because I'm looking at Anne as we're recording this podcast. It's beautiful. All right. So this is Rich Witch Julie saying thank you, Anne. We're going to sign off. Any last words before we close off, Anne? Well, I mean, if I could close it with anything, it would simply be to remind people that you are the physical manifestation of all that is Mm. and you can't get it wrong you just cannot get it wrong because we learn from it all and we can only get better better and better and more importantly it takes us where we're going yes right every step along the way there's not a misstep it might look like that from your human perspective but it had to be taken otherwise why the hell would you be taking it you're a creator being why would you create mistakes Oh, look, I could do a whole conversation on why things have happened to me and I've actually spoken about it in my very first podcast and um, I'm, I can't say I would have asked for it and consciously gone and looked for it, but what I love is that I am the woman that I am today due to those circumstances. And I think we did touch on some of those things because of the experience that I had with the death of my son. Yes. First episode. So go back and watch it if you haven't yet. Oh, listen to it if you haven't yet. Yes, you must. You must. And then come back to this one. So sending magical blessings to everyone. And again, thank you, Anne. And I look forward to bringing you our next podcast, listeners. And be love. I'm going to end with a mantra that I actually use a lot. I love, I am love, I am loved. Thank you for joining us on the enchanting journey through the realms of magic, mystique and self-discovery. I hope you enjoyed our time together on the Rich Witch Podcast, where we delve into the depths of witchcraft, astrology and the unapologetic rise of women. Please subscribe, rate and leave a review. And as we wrap up, I encourage you to carry the wisdom and magic we've shared into your own life. Embrace the power within you and revel in the beauty of your own unique journey. Stay tuned for more magic and in the meantime, stay curious and know your magic is a gift to the world. Blessed be, beautiful ones, and remember, the magic is always within you. This is Julie Nelson, signing off.